morning. Welcome to Bethany Lutheran in Warren, Oregon. Today we're continuing our walk through the book of John. We are on John chapter 14, verses 23 through 31. Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the words that you hear the word that you hear is not mine, but is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs so that when it does occur, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no power over me but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us be on our way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Pastor John Ortberg tells a story of his Chicago friend traveling south of the Mason-Dixon line for the first time to Georgia. His first morning in the south, he ordered breakfast in a restaurant and found that every dish included something called grits. Not being familiar with this southern delicacy, he asked the waitress, Could you tell me exactly what is a grit? Looking down on him with a mixture of compassion and condescension, she said, Sugar, you can't get just one grit. They always come together. There is no God the Father without God the Son. There is no God the Father and God the Son without God the Holy Spirit. Also, there is no personal holiness without social holiness. There is no personal total peace without universal peace. Pulitzer Prize winner Annie Dillard said, You can no more go to God alone than you can go to the North Pole alone. We are just like grits. You can't get just one. They come together. Once again, we're looking at Jesus' parting words when he gathered with his disciples for one last meal. In today's gospel reading, Jesus is preparing the disciples for a future after he is gone. He tells his followers that if they love him and keep his word, he and the Father will love them back and live in them. Now, did you hear that? God the Father and Christ Jesus will come to us and live in us. 
We do not have to wait for heaven to live in the presence of God. We're living our eternal life right now. We're living our lives in relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Lest you wonder, is this all there is? Is this as good as it gets? The answer is no. Jesus and the Father will continue to dwell with his disciples in the present while Jesus prepares eternal dwellings with the Father in the heavenly life that we look forward to. Then he adds that the Holy Spirit will come to his followers. This is how God the Father and God the Son live within us. It is in the form of God the Spirit. This Spirit of God will instruct, guide, remind, and comfort us. We get the whole package. They come together. Because Jesus is present with us now, we have no reason to be anxious. John 14, verse 1, do not let your hearts be troubled. Again, in verse 27, Jesus exhorts, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. This comes right after his telling his disciples, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Now the world's concept of peace is an absence of conflict. The shalom of God, the peace of God, is a profound sense of well-being even in the midst of conflict, hardship, or struggle. It is a sense of harmony with those persons around us, a fulfillment. It's knowing God will not abandon us, that God is always working for our good, that God is working through us for the good of our neighbor and the world. Jesus was speaking of peace when he knew that in the next 24 hours, he would be facing indescribable suffering and the desertion of those closest to him. And yet he speaks of peace. This peace is a gift of God, something we sense when we give over to God, control over the things we worry about. We still have our responsibilities, but we recognize that there are limits to what we can do on our own. And we place ourselves and our loved ones and our future in God's hands, because it's only with open hands that we can receive God's gift of peace. And God gives us his peace, a peace that the world cannot offer or understand. All he asks in return is that we share his peace with others. Now, how do we share God's peace with others? Well, we do so by refusing to join in the conflict around us by facilitating an end to the conflict around us, even at our own expense, by sharing the good news of salvation with those who still need to hear it, by giving with no expectation of return. When we offer each other the peace of the Lord during our worship services, it is this peace of which we remind each other 
that God has heard our worship partners' confessions and prayer petitions, that God gives a peace sufficient to counter anything the evil one throws at them. There will be certain events in which we cannot fathom how anything good could be the end result. But God is able to bring good even out of the worst evil. Just look at what he did with the evil that led to the crucifixion of Jesus. John's Gospel sees the death of Jesus in the light of the resurrection, in God's triumph over evil and death. If God could work his greatest good in the world's greatest evil, we can trust that he will triumph over anything the world can throw at us. In his immense love for us, God sent his Son so that we would come to know God in the words and deeds of Jesus Christ. And when it was no longer possible to see Jesus acting out God's love, God's present re presence remains with us in the word and sacrament. Through repeatedly hearing the words of God's law and gospel proclaimed to us, through the reenactment of the sacrifice of the sacraments, we are affirmed and we live in grace. We are never alone. Jesus offers peace to us so that we can find shelter from the world, but that we are able to be even more deeply involved in the world, that we would be able to encourage others and we would have the courage to live boldly as his disciples. Now, what would that look like to live boldly as the disciples of Jesus? Well, will we love those who are difficult to love? Will we fight for justice? Will we pray for those who persecute us? Will we welcome the stranger? Will we listen to the Holy Spirit and dare to follow? Paraphrasing a quotation of Martin Luther, can a rock that has been in the sunlight all day not fail to give off warmth and heat at night? Can we Christians who have lived in the sunlight of God's love not fail to give off warmth and love? No. However, that means that we need to bake in the sunlight of God's compassion in order to radiate his love. We need to absorb God's light in order to let that light shine on others. Then we will live in and pass on the peace of God that passes all understanding. Let us pray. O oh, Holy Spirit, you were with the frightened disciples in the upper room. You were with the bereaved and traumatized disciples at the foot of the cross. You were with the abandoned disciples from the cross through the resurrection. Be with us now. Help us to receive the peace that Jesus has given us. Give us courage to move beyond ourselves. Give us courage to walk in this world. Give us courage to love as Christ has loved us. 
We pray all this through the crucified and risen one. Amen.